it was one of the first times I think I ever brought this up in public. Oh my God, you were sweating. Your voice was shaking. It was like, I was like, Abby wants to crawl out of the room. I remember that part. At the point in time, I don't even know if my mom knew. And then I told it to 10,000 people. I'm Amy. And I'm Abby. And as women, we are constantly comparing ourselves to others. But your life isn't supposed to look like hers. Being your best self means standing firm in your decisions and always being willing to grow with a purpose. We get vulnerable and real with an honest look into the challenges and triumphs we all face. Every woman listening gets the opportunity to choose what life looks like for herself. We thought for today's episode, it would be really fun to take a look back at episode one and re-answer the questions that we answered in that original episode of Herself. Now that it's been a while, as all of us know, life evolves. You go through different things. Your struggles might look different than they did what would that be, a year and a half ago? A year and a half ago, Something yeah. like that. Yeah. So that is what we're going to do today. If you've never listened to episode one, it would be great to listen to that one and then listen to this one. If you've been a longtime listener, it's going to be fun to see how our answers have changed. So up first, the first question that we ever answered on this podcast is, what is the biggest struggle in your marriage? Isn't this so interesting how we like got right to the point yeah. right away? <laughs> like some episodes, some number one episodes or, or pilot episodes are just like, okay, here's two minutes about what we're going to do. And then they get into just some cute music. You know, ours is like, what's your struggle in marriage? So at the time, the biggest struggle in our marriage was that we were scorekeeping. And we definitely still do that. So that's not completely out of the picture now. But now I can see that scoreboard and I don't let it immediately define my emotions or my actions. So I can kind of see like, okay, this is the scoreboard. I get it. I could either be like, oh, Colin, do this, 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 and this because this is what I'm doing. And instead I'm like, you know what? I'm going to take a pause. I understand that sometimes he's ahead and sometimes I'm ahead, especially as we started that podcast. And I was so sick for those first couple of weeks, first couple of months. Colin picked up the slack quite a bit. So I think it was just a learning lesson every day of how much putting that scoreboard to the side, being on the same team can really help. Yeah. It's easy to look at the scoreboard when you're scoring. Oh, so much easier. But you have to remember how much he did when you were really sick and through some of those seasons. Mm -hmm, Definitely. And when I was listening back to the episode, what we, our biggest struggle in marriage right now, Amy, was actually what you guys went through. So at the time, yours was being intentional with your time. Like we were about the same, it was about the same time that, I mean, Cole was like six months old and now Owen is about eight months old. So it's kind of the same time frame there, but we are really working on being intentional with our time. We have just a few hours, sometimes not even a full hour at the end of the night and making sure that we're using that not just to stare at a TV screen, but to connect, to interact, to ask each other about each other's day and actually listen to the response. Yeah, That's what we're working on right now. Ooh, I like that one. What about for you? So as Abby said, I was talking about our time crunch and how we weren't really making intentional time together in the first episode. And now I would say we got so much unforeseen time in (laughs) over the past year with the pandemic. A lot of you know, but Drew's been working from my office. So most every day we eat lunch together and we go for a walk together. So our intentional time 
was there this past year. One thing that came to mind when I think about what we struggle with now is that we just show our love in much different ways. And Colin's favorite thing in the world is love languages. (laughs) But for me, what I've kind of thought of is how can I accept Drew for who he is and not force him to become who is like my ideal person, if that makes sense. So like, where is there room for acceptance and room for growth for him to see? So um, to put it plainly, like I'm a very vocal person, as you guys might imagine. (laughs) I tell Drew I love him probably 20 times a day and I'm really affectionate with him. And that's just not his go-to way that he shows love. So sometimes I can feel myself like yearning that he would show his love that way. So I've just lately been like kind of coaching myself in my mind and like, this is the way I love to show him love. And it's okay if it's not the exact way that he shows it back. So it's kind of weird. It's like in marriage, you're learning like to, what's my level of accepting them for who they are because we love who they are and where can I also get my needs met? I think it's a tango. I don't think it's forcing them to become exactly who you want want them to be. It can't go all yeah. the way one way. It can't go all and the way one way. You two are so way. cute in the office together because Amy will like give him a big bear hug. She's like koala bearing on him. And he's like, okay, especially in front of somebody else. <laughs> like, I like this. I like this. Yeah. Okay, so, so that's marriage. What yes. about motherhood? So in motherhood, Amy, we asked, what makes you feel most guilty? Okay, so at the time, I said that I had just had so much going on outside of motherhood that my mind was often pulled away from them. And so now I truly feel like I've been a lot better at being present with them. As I, sh- I shared on the podcast, like I have better boundaries with my phone at night. And that's made a huge difference for my family. I'm not on my phone at night because I've released myself. Like I, I've told you guys, I don't answer every DM because I don't have time to. And a lot of times before I felt obligated to strangers more than I felt obligated to you know, being present. So that's been a huge shift for me. And that feels really, really good. But as I've also kind of told you guys, the thing I feel most guilty for right now is that I was impatient with them this past year. And for me, that's not the example I want to set. So here, what I'm working on is restoring my patience. And part of that has been really restoring myself as a person. But here is what what the balance is, is I want to release myself from like constantly feeling guilty. I'm not going to get it perfect. I'm not going to be perfectly patient with three little boys. That's just like near impossible. But I do know I have room to improve in this area. And so that's what I'm focusing on. Mm. And we just recorded an episode on mom rage and also on boundaries. So if this is a piece that you're trying to work on, those would be two really good follow-up ones that go deeper into that. Um, And Amy, I'm going to echo what you said. Like this last year, the repetition of this last year, it wore on me so much. There was at one point this winter when I told Colin, I don't like how I am as a mother because I was snapping so quickly. I was getting so irritable. And now that it's spring and we can be outside, there's a little bit more freedom. It's helping a ton. But last year when we recorded this episode, it was all about sleep. And I remember 
I was getting like nervous bringing it up because like the bedtime when you are putting kids to bed, saying prayers, reading bedtime stories. I know a lot of people love that. And I loathed bedtime. Yeah, I remember Lucy that. Lucy was having such a hard time. Now she's great. Micah, on the other hand, yeah, right yeah, now. Yeah. Micah's <laughs> taken me. Micah's <laughs> taken the crown. Oh my gosh. And that super moon that screwed up with everyone's kids' schedules. Amy's like, our kids revolt against the super moon. They do not believe in the super moon, just like their mom. But it got yeah, screwed with our schedule. And that's very, very hard. So if you're dealing with sleep struggles, we are still there. But the biggest one for me is definitely that irritability. Okay. The next question that we answered was, what's the hardest thing about being a working mom? This one is so interesting because I was in a totally different role. Yeah. A year ago, a year and a half ago, I was in my corporate job. It was pre-pandemic. So I was still traveling almost every week. I was still wearing high heels, dress suits, I was gone from my family a whole lot. So thinking back to back then, I was very polarized in my roles. So I had to shut off completely of being a mom while I was at work, which was really hard for me. Like it was hard for my identity because I had to be working Abby the entire time and the mom side of me wasn't brought into that picture. It's a non-issue now. So (laughs) full-time entrepreneur, I can be as much of a mom as I want to be. But the hardest thing in this new role is turning off. So what you brought up in that beginning, Amy, it's like, when do I turn off? I can't just shut my laptop and leave the office. Now it's, okay, should I respond to these DMs? Should I plan out this podcast episode? Oh, this would be really good content. Let me write it down. So one thing I'm trying to work on is instead of doing it right then, I'll just write it on a sheet of paper, know that I can get back to it during the workday so that I can be present with my family. But it's a work in progress. I like that. I like that idea of just like scribbling down a note because also things will just leave my head forever sometimes. And I'm like, I don't want that to happen, but I also want to enjoy my life outside of work. So at the time before I said the hardest thing about being a working mom was the time crunch and being really protective of that time with them. I know in episode one, a huge theme for me was time crunch. I think Mm -hmm. I was feeling very, very crunched at the time. And now I think what I would answer is that I have a lot of demand at work and a lot of demand at home. And it's just hard to be that demanded all the time. Mm -hmm. So I think for women in these years, it's very hard on a work day to have any like off time or downtime. I make it for myself. I call it my commute. It's my workout from like four to five before I have to get my kids. You know, I, I make sure that happens. But there is a, just a feeling of like, I'm always demanded. People always need things from me, whether they're big people or little people. Like it feels like you're constantly on. And I think that's really, really hard. That is hard. And it doesn't let up. Like sometimes you just have to set your own boundary in order for it because the requests are going to keep coming in. Our first break is brought to you by our partners at Gooder. Gooder makes amazing sunglasses. And now that it is the official start of summer, it is a brand that you are going to want to try. The reason that Abby and I, Drew and Colin, love it so much is that they make shades for everyone. Each of us has found our favorite And at such an affordable price, you're able to grab a couple pair because as we know, or for those with my personality, I need one in the car. I need one at home. I need one in my purse. Like I can't keep track of them. So I got to put them everywhere that I am going. 
Another great thing about this brand is that they have an incredible warranty. It lasts a year. So if anything happens to your sunglasses in that time, you can send them back and get a replacement pair. This is perfect for those of us that have kids, those of us that have dogs, those of us like Amy that don't take care of things very well and crunch them. So that's a great thing that they extend to us. So we want you guys to get your own pair that fit your face perfectly. And you can do that at Gooder. That's G-O-O-D-R dot com. If you pop in the code herself, you can get 15% off and join the lots of women that are tagging us in their stories in their Gooder shades. We just love them so much. And they are such a good value. Like they're just such a good value, which goes into our next question. It does actually. Yeah. So Amy, this one sometimes makes people sweat. But what debt do you have? Yeah, we early on in the podcast, we just knew we were going to bring money into this conversation because it's something that women need to be talking about. Um, In that first episode, I shared that this quote I heard, it said, women would rather talk about how they wanted to be buried when they die rather than talk about their salary. So it's just we've got such a long way to go as women. And I just wanted to point out, if you guys haven't listened to episode 65 with financial advisor Cameron Rogers from Alvest, it's such a good one. I'm not avoiding the question, you guys. I'm just giving you all this background information. So as far as debt goes, Drew and I are still paying off our SUV and our house, with the big caveat being we're really aggressive in our investment strategy instead of being overly aggressive with our debt. So we have a very balanced approach. And I've, I've talked about this before, but that's Drew and I working together. I'm the girl that wants to like pay my debt down. And he's the guy that wants to invest as much as we can at this stage, stage in our life. So we've, we've had to come together and figure out a strategy that works for our family. Like Drew and I are huge team players when it comes to finance. We have a glass house approach, which means that He can see anything I'm doing and I can see anything he's doing. And that's the way that we've found a healthy financial relationship inside of our relationship. So we are going to be able to pay both those things off in the next year. So even while using a balanced approach with our investing and our paying down our debt, to be able to get out of debt in our 30s feels so great. Mm. And that's why we started this podcast, too, is to bring to light these conversations that normally aren't talked about. Like yeah. We are bringing the experts on, but then we're also sharing like our own personal experience with these. It's so interesting to see the different strategies people have based on the goals that they have in mind. So for Colin and I, we really like the ability to have financial freedom. Yeah. Like it was one of the big reasons why I was able to quit my job a couple of months ago, because we do have that financial freedom. And one of the things, it was one of the first times I think I ever brought this up in public. Oh my God, you were sweating. Your voice was shaking. It was like, I was like, Abby wants to crawl out of the room. I remember that part. At the point in time, I don't even know if my mom knew that we were debt free. And then I told it to 10,000 people that we are debt free. Like at the time that we recorded that first episode, we were debt free and we are pretty close to debt free right now. And not that we slid backwards, but we bought a minivan last year and it just made a whole lot more sense. It was less than 1% interest. So instead of 
paying that down, we're putting that into the stock market, we're putting that into investments. So just doing it smart because Colin is a lot like Drew. He wants to invest, invest, invest. I like having all the freedom in the world. So just working together to really do that. I think it's so interesting because when, for a lot of us, if you're in a partnership, it's a balance. It's not what Abby, Abby would probably pay her minivan off right now, Mm -hmm. but it's respecting like there's another person. Does this make sense? You know, and when, when you, when you were talking about the approach, you guys have something that came to mind is values. So what do you value? I really value security. Yes. And so that plays into the way I think about money. What is Drew value? What is Abby value? What is Colin value? Like it just depends. So we're going to have more to come on finances this year because it's such an important topic. Not enough women are talking about it and we have access to people that can talk about it. So one of the other questions that we answered during that episode is what is your biggest body insecurity? I loved listening back to this answer because this has been such a journey for me. Yeah. And at the time that we recorded it, I'd already been through probably like a year and a half of getting better with my body insecurity. And now reflecting back a year and a half later, it's even better. And I've been through a pregnancy and postpartum since then. So the fact that I was able to use the skills that I had learned during a time where it was easier to feel good about my body and then bring those into the times where my body was changing constantly, I felt really proud of that. Like I felt really, really proud of that. But at the time I saw larger thighs. Um, I saw like I'm thinking about like the certain parts of my body, but a lot of it was reflected from me gaining weight when I was in college. So I was a lot heavier when I was in college and I kept on seeing that woman over and over again. And I can say I don't see that woman anymore. Like I look in the mirror and I don't see that woman anymore. I'm also a person, though, who I compare myself to myself. So I don't compare myself to other people on Instagram. I don't compare myself to models in a magazine. I compare myself to myself. And right now, like I'm looking at myself, I'm like, I, I like how I look. Like I really like that. That also look. gets really tricky though, because some people, and I've heard that is like you're you're comparing yourself to your wedding day, which was right. for some of us seven years ago for the mm-hmm. two of us. You know, three kids later, that might look different. And so I can see also why some of our listeners are like, Yeah, but that's my effing problem. I'm like comparing right. myself to my high school weight or my wedding day, the way I looked, and that can be really challenging. The important piece there is to compare yourself to the same type of season. So when you are postpartum, how do you feel in that body? You can't compare a postpartum body to where you were in high school. Like there's no way you can do that. So get that into your mind that you are not supposed to be the same weight that you were as an 18-year-old. You're not supposed to be. And just think about how hard you also worked or like the things that you sacrificed going into that wedding day. I don't want to go back there. I don't want to be making those sacrifices. I was miserable. Like I was miserable in some of those instances because I was working my body so hard and I was doing things for a scale weight, for a number on the tag of my clothes and not for how I felt as a human being. And now I'm finally doing it for how I feel. And that feels a lot better. So what about you, Amy? Biggest body insecurity. So at the time I said, you know, I had really, really been giving my body to someone else for so long in that season. And so I gave myself a ton of grace. And so I I feel like I have a really positive body image. You know, I know that about myself and I feel very thankful for the way I was raised and the skills that I've been able to build. I will say this year has been challenging because it was finally the time that I was done being pregnant or breastfeeding. And that hadn't been a reality for like five years for me. 
So I had imagined that that would happen and I would be like, smaller. You know, I, I I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to like have my body. I'm going to be healed from postpartum. I'm going to be able to like do everything I want to do. And what happened to me is I gained weight when I stopped breastfeeding. And I had all of these other things going on that we've kind of gotten into before. So being a heavier weight than I imagined and a heavier weight than I had been was a challenge. Like I had to go through all of that like self-coaching again. So I'm still standing. I feel great. I'm happy with the journey. But I will say it is much easier to tell people to be body positive or to feel confident when you are at a point that you feel good about. When you experience what other people people might be experiencing too, you can kind of see like you you think more about it and you you have to kind of coach yourself. Like I was like, I don't, I know that I don't want to put everything I'm eating into an app. Like that's just not right. what I want to do. I know that that is not what I want to do. And but does it get really tempting to fall into these things that you have done in the past or you hear someone else has had success. I see why women can be marketed to, but I've spent so many years gaining this body love and acceptance that I couldn't turn my back on that when I gained 10 pounds or whatever. Like you have to you have to keep walking the talk even when that gets harder to do. So, it's been a really interesting year for me. To have my body back feels really good. And by body back, I mean, I'm not breastfeeding anyone and I don't have anyone inside of me and I haven't had that in a long time. So that does feel, there's like this sigh of your demand as a woman goes down in a certain way because you don't have someone sucking on your boob or inside of you. And that has felt really good. Your body is yours. Yeah. Not to create or to sustain somebody else. I remember on that episode too, I was like, if my boobs could be the same size, <laughs> would I take it? And it was so funny because I heard my father-in-law listen to that exact quote when I oh walked into gosh. the room. <laughs> Drew was teaching him how to listen to a podcast. And I was like, okay, here we go. That, like, that's, that's the part. Welcome to podcast world. <laughs> like, it's kind of what we what we feel is important to say out loud to women is out there for people to hear. And that was kind of like a funny collision of worlds hearing my father-in-law hear about my lopsided boobs. <laughs> well, especially right now with summer coming, there's like advertisements for it. Like everyone's trying to sell you something to like make you look better. It's like, okay, sometimes you just have to take a break, looking at yourself, figure out how you feel, figure out what you want to do to feel the way that you want to feel without looking at the entire world around you. But it's just, it's hard as women because we're being bombarded with all of these things. And I do want to bring in BetterHelp right now. This is a conversation I've had with my BetterHelp counselor over and over again, and it's helped me get to a much better place. So if you are struggling with body positivity or just body image in general, they do have licensed health therapists who can work with you on this specifically. And I even, she even, my Susan, she's like 
we're on texting basis pretty much, <laughs> but she'll send me quotes or she'll send me resources. And I have an entire library, like five or six resources of body positive things to consider when I'm feeling low. She also sends me resources on all the other things that we talked about with the pandemic, with getting our Down syndrome diagnosis, with um, marital struggles. So these are the resources that can help beyond the conversations that I'm still having every other week with Susan right now. So our listeners do get 10% off. And there's over a million people who are using BetterHelp right now. The numbers are continuing to increase. And even as we come into summer, even as we come out of the pandemic, hopefully soon, I don't think these numbers are going to go down all that much. Like It's just something that once you're in the habit of it and are talking to a licensed health professional, you understand how important it is to make sure that you're getting those check engine lights checked and getting to those issues before they become big problems. So if you go to betterhelp.com backslash herself, all of our listeners do get 10% off their first month. And again, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com backslash herself for 10% off. All right, back into the episode. I liked this one. So proudest moment, Amy. We talked about the proudest moments that we have at the time, it was about you and Drew. I can't remember exactly what it was. Yeah, I think I said that Drew and I were just day in and day out kind to each other. Mm-hmm. And, you know, people like sometimes your proudest moment might go to an accolade, an accomplishment, something like that. And I would still today answer, I just love like the relationships that I have inside of my house, especially my marriage. It's just, it makes me so proud that Drew and I have gone through different things, different job transitions that we never would have saw coming when we got married. Like we had no idea that I was going to start businesses. Zero clue. He has been the biggest supporter and the biggest fan of Expecting and Empowered and herself. And it's just so sweet that we're, the idea that in marriage you can grow together instead of growing apart and that you can give the other person room to grow themselves, I think is just something that I know not everyone has that. And I know that we have it so big for each other like we are each other's biggest supporters like tearing up I was like (laughs) to you talk about this and you guys I'm in the office with them often and you you see this like you see just how kind you are to each other and if everyone spoke to their partner like that like marriages can blossom like you definitely can grow together just as you mentioned at the time my proudest moment was my Ironman triathlon finish and although I'm still very proud of that 140 miles <laughs> it's definitely changed like this last year this last year changed me it changed a lot of us and I'm a person who I love control like I love control I love having a plan sticking to the plan and this year for so many of us threw us off yeah like, but for you even bigger there was a lot yeah I mean, everything from a job transition to a pandemic to being pregnant in a pandemic, to getting a Down syndrome diagnosis, to having a breech baby, to having, I mean, there's a, the list goes on and everyone has things that are going on, but our ability to move and pivot and to use the lessons that we learned for good and for growth, especially as it relates to Owen's Down syndrome diagnosis, I'm really, really proud of that. Yeah. Like we learned so much on this journey. We're continuing to learn things that I had no idea about, things I had no idea about before we were on this journey. And being able to teach people and help others grow alongside it, I really, really like that 
part about this. When we recorded episode one, I was freshly pregnant with Owen. So Amy was one of the only people who knew I was pregnant. I was so sick, you guys. Like I mentioned this at the beginning of the episode, but I would like stare at her and be like, get the dang answer out. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I need to go to the bathroom and throw up. It was up. not I a need- vibe. Oh, it was not good. But this new life, the pandemic, our new world, it wasn't even on the radar. So when we when we recorded that episode, none of this was on the radar. And the amount of love, the amount of inclusivity, mm. the amount of patience, the amount of thankfulness that I've learned in this last year, the amount that Owen has taught us in these last nine months of him being on earth, like those are the lessons that are going to last me forever. And I think that the people who he touches, if it's online or in person, I think that he's able to touch those people as well. And where we were super scared and sad when we first received the news, I wouldn't dare changing any of that now. And I would not take that experience back. That's so beautiful. It's been so cool to see you guys go through that and tackle it and be so happy. (gasps) I'm going to cry too now. (laughs) This is so, it's just these special moments in our lives that we're able to like share with you guys in the hopes that you are able to live life on your terms and go through the things that you're going to go through and be yourself like that's that's why we started this in the first place so we are going to answer one more of the questions that we started with in that first episode and it's if you could tell women one thing what would that be I like my answer from the first one. It was, and I learned this from my friend Emily, but she says, just because they do it differently than you doesn't make it wrong. And that could be your partner. That could be your boss. That could be your business partner. That could be your child. (laughs) Sometimes we got to step in, obviously. But to add on to that, just because someone doesn't does something differently than you doesn't make it wrong for you either. So I think a lot of times we can look at other people and be like, oh, I should do what they're doing. I should eat Mm. what they're doing or wear clothes like them or get their job or treat their whatever it is. But look inside you. Like, who are you as a person? What makes you feel good? What are your core beliefs, core values? When do you feel like yourself? And by asking yourself that question, I want you to find her again. Because she wants to be reconnected with you. She wants to be welcomed back into your life instead of looking all around. Mm, I love that. I remember at the time I said, and I still firmly, firmly believe this, and now I have gone through it myself. I said uh, that you're not defined by a number on a scale or a clothing size. And I think that's so important for women we went through such a crazy year. A lot of people did gain weight. You're still the same person, whatever your weight. And I think that that's so important for women to know. If you free yourself from those numbers, you can do so much more in your life. You know, we're always advocates for being healthy, but I just think the freedom, if you can let go of the chain of being on that scale all the time is so important. I think what I would add today, what I learned over the past year, what really stuck out to me as a theme is that life really is so much more fluid than any of us give it credit for. You cannot look down the road and say exactly what's going to happen. I think Abby and I have both learned if you're open to things 
if you're open to a pivot, if you're open to opportunities, they do have a way of coming about and giving yourself permission that you might have believed one thing six months ago and now it's different. I think that that should give us so much more freedom. So I, I wish that women wouldn't feel stuck in their roles, in their jobs, whatever that looks like, but they gave themselves permission to grow out of the pot that they're in right now. Mm. And you said this before, and I love this analogy of how life is more of a river than a pond. And that pond and that feeling of being stuck. And what happens in a pond? Like, things get gross. <laughs> but with a river, it's like- Don't get gross. <laughs> don't get gross, guys. That, if I could tell women one thing, don't get gross. But that river, the, the analogy of just never ending, it it flows. There isn't a specific destination, but more of like the world of opportunities. Yeah. I mean, your life is not supposed to look like other people's. We say it in our mm-hmm. intro from day one, you've got to rock out. Like, what is your life going to look like? So to close out, Amy and I wanted to jump on, just do a really short, quick episode. And now this is like one of my favorite ones, just the conversations that come of it, thinking back a year and a half ago. And we have not brought this up in a really long time. But if you've not subscribed yet, like that is a really easy way for this to show up in your library every single week. Um, It helps our download numbers It supports us. Mm -hmm. And so that is so huge. So let's do that. And let's continue to see where we're going to be in another year and a half, Amy. Who knows? Who knows? (laughs) Who knows?